Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. Tuesday in America. It's also Tuesday in Russia, I think. Yeah? In England. But anyway... Welcome to the show. We have a very special show for you today. Two guests. Two guests on the show today. We have uh, Emerald Robinson from uh, Newsmax on the show. She's a stellar White House reporter, and she is uh, going to the border uh, with Donald Trump tomorrow. And uh, we're going to get some insight with her on that visit, among other things, and also some insider information. You're not going to get anywhere else, and I mean this seriously, about William Barr, the former AG, and uh, who's really running his show all right, so we're going to get into that. And also, later in the show, Donald Trump? Huh? Stick around. It's going to be a good one. They're all pretty good, I hope, anyway. Oh, and if you get a chance to, will you do this for me? Will you subscribe to Apple Podcasts? It's a little app on your phone. It's basically iTunes, but you just go to Apple Podcasts and you subscribe to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Very easy to do. And here's what happens. Every day that we post an episode, you hit play and that downloads it to your phone. Then you go the next day and you're thinking, wow, I'm going to be downloading all these. No, no, no. The next day you, you play the next episode, it'll download that one and get rid of the other one. So you're not clogging up your data with my show. You know. But anyway, uh, if you would do that, Apple Podcasts, that would be huge. Troubling, troubling, troubling news out of Florida, and not a surprise. The developers of Miami Cano, that uh, condo that collapsed, were once accused of paying off local officials to get permits for the site. It needed $15 million in repairs just to bring it to code. This is one of those things that the answer is plain, uh, is plain as the nose in your face. This should not have been a surprise that this was going to collapse. And some people didn't take heed Building rivals uh, claimed that the partners behind Surfside Champlain Tower South were receiving preferential treatment when it came to getting through the permit system as the site was being built in 1981. According to the Washington Post, Surfside's developers had contributed to the campaigns of at least two town council members, then demanded that the donations be returned when the allegations surfaced, according to the outlet. Meanwhile, the 12-story tower had been on the verge of undergoing $15 million in renovations to pass a required 40-year certification when it collapsed. All of the principals believed to have been involved in the design and construction of the building are dead. The developers behind the project had included Nathan Reber, a Polish-born Canadian who was also charged with tax evasion and cited for legal misconduct in Canada. Reber died in 19, uh, 2014. He'd been charged with tax evasion by Canadian authorities in the 1970s when he and his partners were accused of skimming cash from apartment buildings they owned. Wow. They allegedly skimmed tens of thousands of dollars from coin-operated laundry machines in the buildings and pocketed $120,000 from phony construction checks. In 1984, Reber, a lawyer who was cited for professional misconduct by the Law Society of Upper Canada for evading the tax evasion case, he ultimately settled the case by returning to Canada and paying a $60,000 fine. In Florida, Reber and his partners were initially unable to begin construction of the condo buildings due to a 1979 moratorium over faulty sewers. 
The developers agreed to pay half of the $400,000 tab for the sewer repairs on the project, and they were given a green light, sparking anger from rival developers whose projects remain stalled by the moratorium. The following year, the Champlain developers asked two local city council members to return their campaign contributions amid accusations that the company had paid off officials to get permits. This is William Espinoza. He was a former maintenance manager talking about what could have weakened the structure. And I want you to think about this. There's nothing more corrosive to metal than uh, salt water, than sea water, essentially. So listen as he describes. Anytime that we had high tides uh, away from the ordinary, any keen tide or anything like that, uh, we would have a lot of salt water come in through the bottom of the, of the foundation and we had a huge pit in the garage that would handle two pumps in there to suck, you know, to suck that water out. Mm-hmm. But it was so much water all the time that the pumps never could keep up with it. So we always had to be replacing pumps and uh, the water would just basically sit there and then it would just seep downward. You know what I mean? It would just go away after a while. And huh. I would think, where would this water go? Because I had to go in through somewhere. I'm talking about a foot, sometimes two feet of water in the bottom of the parking lot. Wow. Unbelievable. And it sounds like they should have known this was going to happen. Unbelievable. Now, this is where it gets even worse. Energy Secretary Jennifer Grandholm appeared, I believe this was on CBS, and and would not discount that uh, climate change may have caused it. Now, realize there's still about 150 bodies in that collapsed building, and they're already trying to make this political. This is absolutely disgusting. Oh, and by the way, that it's hot in the upper Northwest uh, doesn't mean that it's climate change. It's just a hot year. You see, uh, in the Midwest, I think it was about eight, ten years ago, it was really, really hot, and uh, and now it's fine. You know, so nonsense. In terms of climate, you brought up what's happening, what we're seeing in the Pacific Northwest. Um, Yeah, she's on CNN. We've been talking a lot about what happened in Florida at the Surfside condominium building that collapsed. We don't know exactly what happened at this point. But given what we know about the changing climate, given that we've seen an increase in these so-called extraordinary... Why aren't every building, why isn't every building in Miami right now collapsing? Tides. Or on the verge of it. And the impact that that can have in areas like South Florida. Tides are no different. Do you think that climate could have played a role in that building's sea levels have not gone up collapse well obviously we don't know fully but we do know that that the seas are rising i mean we know that we're losing inches and inches of beaches not just in florida but all around yeah there's beach erosion all the time Uh, i used to go to ocean city every year and uh, they'd have to rebuild the beaches because it it washes out it's it's water and it's sand um you know lake michigan where i'm from they you know we've seen the loss of beaches because the the waters are rising. No, they're not. That's a, that's absolutely a lie. So, you know, this is a phenomenon that will continue. Whether it, ha- we'll have to wait to see what the analysis is. For it's the- absurd that you're even considering the idea. This building, but the issue about resiliency and making sure we adapt to this changing. Climate. Let's completely switch the subject into something political while bodies are being recovered. I mean, that's going to mean levees need to be built. That means seawalls need to be built. That means infrastructure needs to be built. Ah, then we go into the infrastructure bill that uh, Joe Biden wants to cram through Congress. We need to make sure that we invest enough in 
clearing out the forests so we don't have these weather events. We need to invest in hardening our transmission lines, maybe burying wires so that we can protect. And again, there's, there's a rescue operation going on in, uh, in Miami right now. Areas that are like tinderbox dry. There's so much investment that we need to do to protect ourselves from climate change. But I really am, honestly. Wow. I just I don't even know what to say. Don't even know what to say. Now, coming up in a second, I'm going to share a, uh, <laughs> a uh, Newsmax reporter went after Lori Lightfoot and actually asked her some hard questions, and she didn't like it. She got real mad. She got real mad. But before that, I want to uh, play a little hot sake. You ready for some hot sake this morning? Jen Saki yesterday, and this is the, uh, the left is, is doing this, despite the fact that leftist, Democrat-controlled uh, city governments have been defunding police around the country. There is no doubt about it. Budgets have been slashed in New York City by $1 billion, 2,000 beat cops, 600 undercover cops. There's no doubt about it at all. And what they're doing is they're using this new infrastructure bill. And Joe Biden has slipped in. Well, he hasn't slipped in anything because he didn't know what, that, what day it is. Uh, but they slipped in some police funding, increased police funding into this bill because, you know, they could use it as a cudgel against the Republicans if they voted against this bloated infrastructure bill, which is a joke, and they could say, see the Republicans, they want to defund the police, which is absurd on the face of it. But here is Jen Psaki uh, making that argument. Something one of the advisors said this weekend, Cedric Richmond, he said, Republicans defunded the police by not supporting the American Rescue Plan. But how is it that that is an argument uh, to be made when the president never mentioned needing money for police to stop a crime wave when he was selling the American Rescue Plan? Well, the president did. Well, you see, we want to use it as a weapon now and, and appear to be on the right side of history, which is what we always do, even though we're always wrong. It mentioned that the American Rescue Plan, the state and local funding, something that was supported by the president, a lot of Democrats who supported and voted for the bill could help ensure uh, local cops were kept on the beat in communities across the country. Except for AOC and the squad, they, they want the police to be defunded. As you know, didn't receive a single Republican vote. Ah. That funding has been used to keep cops on the beat. Uh-huh. At the time that was sold as uh, these local police departments might have a pandemic related budget shortfall, not we need to keep cops on the beat because there's a crime wave. Uh, I think that any local uh, department would argue that keeping Here she is. She's becoming Jen Snarky. Cops on the beat to keep communities safe when they had to because of budget shortfalls. Fire- Why has the president not said anything positive about policing? Why hasn't the president of the United States, the president of the United States, say we support our police? Police is is something that helps them address yeah. crime in their. Meanwhile, every Republican politician says support the police. Local communities. The local communities. The White House's argument was the American Rescue Plan is going to be fourteen hundred dollar checks. It's going to be vaccines, vaccinators. Uh, it's going to put us on the path to beating the virus. Not. It did those things as well. It was a pretty good bill and piece of legislation. No, not really. It wasn't. And she switches. Here, here's my analogy. Now, the Democrat Party puts things that are near and dear to patriotic Republicans in giant omnibus bills. Uh, similar to the way Hamas puts missile launch sites in uh, near daycare centers. Okay. So when you go after the missile launch site, then they could say, you killed the kids. You're going to kill people. You're going to kill families. You're going to get And they did it on purpose. They do the same thing when the Republicans, they, they put the policing bill in uh, the, the omnibus spending bill, which b- contains a lot of crap. And when the Republicans blow it up and say, we're not going to vote for it, then they can say, you're anti-police. You want to defund the police. It honestly is, is cynical, sad, and pathetic. And we see right through it. Let's go to uh, William Kelly, who has uh, suddenly become a rock star. William Kelly is a, a Newsmax reporter. He got in to talk to Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago, and uh, she wasn't too happy about it. 
William Kelly, I'm with Newsmax. Um, what I think everybody knows, uh, but um, you didn't mention, I don't think any of uh, your speakers here today mentioned it, is the reason why the hotels are empty, the reason why the storefronts are closed, is because of fear of violent crime. No, uh, there was, well, sir, if I may ask my question. Go ahead. You ask your question, question, I will respond. There's a, Can't imagine that uh, tourism was too good after the whole uh, Antifa BLM fires in Minneapolis. And, uh, yeah, that wasn't COVID. Um, a woman, a pregnant woman, was shot at a hotel across the street from here last week at 4 in the afternoon. Mm, nice. Um, you know, of course, we have this uh, horrific Juneteenth, 50-some shooting, uh, 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 50-some shootings, um, uh, a young Hispanic couple pulled from their car and shot execution style. This a young Hispanic couple pulled from their car and murdered because the idiot crowd thought their flag meant something else. This video has gone viral. I don't think we've had any arrests in this case yet. Um, a, a tourist came to Chicago and uh, was stabbed in the back and, and murdered on Juneteenth here in, in the city of Chicago. Are probably a Democrat. Democrats are really good about stabbing people in the back. Police chief referred, voters. referred to the location of the stabbing as a homeless camp. Last time, I'm, I was born and raised in Chicago. Um, I always considered it to be the financial district of Chicago, not a homeless camp. <laughs> it is now. Um, so, you question, sir? Yeah. So, so my question is... Do you feel personally responsible for the uh, your rhetoric, your your um, heated rhetoric is responsible for this off the charts violent crime in the And here is her uh, response to that. Let me answer the question that you've already asked. So I don't know where you're from. I, I, I know I know I know what I, I know what magazine you're from, and I know what your conservative uh, viewpoints are. But on almost every question that you ask, you have the facts wrong. So no. here's what I will say no. in answer to about the 15 questions that you just asked. No one thinks that a single act of violence is ever acceptable, least of all me. <laughs> so I want to mention one thing. Lori Lightfoot about a month and a half ago said that she wasn't going to speak to uh, white reporters. Uh, she was not going to do in-person interviews with white reporters. Very, very racist thing. So one of the funny things he said at the beginning of the exchange, <laughs> as her handlers are standing there, he goes, white reporter in the house. <laughs> he really did. He said it. White reporter in the house. And she goes, well, there are other white reporters in here. <laughs> he was, I was like, oh, this is good. Because he was just he was just right in her face about that incredibly racist thing. Here's a little bit more of a Lori Lightfoot. So the, the premise of your question, which is it's chaos everywhere. And the fact of the matter is, sir, which you also didn't point out, but I will. Um, so we get this straight. Is that we're actually seeing a decline in homicides and shootings. Nope. Yes, sir. Nope, nope, new. That is absolutely wrong. Here is uh, William Kelly talking with Grant Stinchfield last night about the exchange. And Newsmax's own William Kelly. Well, he pressed Lightfoot on the surge in crime in her city. Watch this interaction. Many uh, residents in Chicago feel that you've lost control of the city. White reporter in the house. <laughs> uh, now it appears as though you've yeah. lost control of the Chicago City Council. Yeah. Uh, do you owe an apology to the victims of violent crime, the thousands of unsolved shootings and murders and stabbings and random stampings in and, and the downtown and the south side and the north side and the west side? Do you owe, so, do you owe so, these people any so apology? So once again, sir, I, I ask you to get your facts right. 
Um, crime is not out of control in our city. In fact, crime is on the decline. All of our major indices showed a decline in, in um, crime, and our homicides and our shootings year over year are down. And that would be uh, that would be a lie. Uh, here are some of the actual statistics. I was polite. Thank you. Allowed you to spew your rhetoric, which is offensive to me and others. You're offensive. It shouldn't be offensive because his so-called rhetoric is spot on. She's lying to you folks. So yeah. far this year, there are more than 300 murders in Chicago, surpassing the 296 murders in the city at the same time last year. Why is she telling him murders are down? They're not. Sexual assaults are also spiking at a 23% increase from last year. The list goes on. Chicago crime is out of control and on the rise. Mayor Lori Lightfoot is doing all she can to downplay the situation while more and more people die under her watch. And she-, she is the second worst uh, mayor in America behind Bill de Blasio. Here is uh, uh, Mr. Williams uh, uh, talking about um, how he got into the presser. What she did was she had a daily press briefing with no reporters. Ah. So when uh, I showed up, they didn't even recognize me because I, I, I still had uh, my mask on. I had my press credential. But he did have to go through the white guy detector, and it went off. Beep, 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 beep. Uh, there were some new press aides. Yeah, I'm going to need you to go through again, and then we're going to have to wand you. That I uh, that checked my credential as I walked in, sat down in the front row, waited my turn. They handed me the microphone, and after a year and a half Whoa. of listening to her, tell uh, Chicagoans that they couldn't go to school, they couldn't go to church, they couldn't run their own business, or she would send the police, okay? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. She cleared out the jails the, uh, the night before the looting. We still have thousands of looters that have never been prosecuted, and I did what I think every single Chicagoan needed to do. I asked her, well, what's with the, 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 the shootings and the murders? She lied. She said crime is down. So well, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. There's a little bit more with uh, Grant and Mr. Kelly. So the, the premise of your question, which is it's chaos everywhere. And the fact of the matter is, sir, which you also didn't point out, but I will, um, so we get this straight, is that we're actually seeing a decline in homicides and shootings. No. Because uh, <laughs> somehow a premise is chaos everywhere. William Kelly, 70 people were shot over the weekend. No Black Lives Matter protests. Huh. No, no Al Sharpton up there, but huh. 70 exactly. people. What do you say to her? Well, I, I'm, as a lifelong Chicagoan, I was born and raised on the South Side. It, it is shocking, okay? I, I've always, I've seen this almost slow motion destruction of my city all of my life. And now, obviously, it's spilled out uh, to the, the entire state of Illinois and now the country uh, with uh, the defund the police uh, mentality. And in Chicago, in the last week alone, uh, it, since Juneteenth, we've had a, a spike in shootings, a spike in murders. The, uh, a homeless man stabbed a tourist in the back, killing her in what uh, the police chief, her police chief, referred to as a homeless camp. Uh, in reality, it was wow. the financial district. Yeah but, yeah, but now it's a homeless camp. It's kind of like, um, you know, I don't know, Broadway in New York. <laughs> I, I went to New York for the first time a couple weeks ago, and um, the homeless people are, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I saw dozens and dozens and dozens wandering around the street talking to themselves. It was, it was really, really nuts. 
Really, really nuts. Uh, one more. This is uh, William Kelly doing a little man on the street interview or woman on the street or whatever you decide to claim to be uh, on the street saying, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if you know this, but the mayor says that uh, violence is down. What do you think? Mayor Lightfoot says that shootings are down in Chicago. Do you agree? I, do. I, I don't agree. It's factually incorrect. Mayor Lightfoot says that shootings are down. Do you agree? I, don't, I would have to see the data. I don't. There were 26 shootings in Chicago last night. Oh, I don't think they're down then, unfortunately. By the way, she had a Black Lives Matter shirt on. Ah, she's wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt. At least she's honest. Quick answer, if you can, William Kelly. is brilliant stuff. Well, you can't make this stuff up, Grant. Um, there was uh, a really a tipping point for me, which motivated me to go to that press conference, was a young Puerto Rican couple was pulled out of their car and shot execution style by Lori Lightfoot's followers uh, on Juneteenth, okay, because they were flying a Puerto Rican flag um, uh, from wow. their from their car. Wow. Um, I'm sorry, but I, there's no way we can be uh, silent about this. There's no way we can allow Lori Lightfoot to look us in the eye and lie and say the crime is down. How can that not be a national story that a Puerto Rican couple are pulled from their car and murdered, a young couple pulled from their car and murdered for no reason? Why is that not a national story? Why is that tragedy not a national story? Dear God in heaven. <sighs> Well, uh, here's to Mr. Kelly. We got to get him on the show. Let's talk to uh, Emerald Robinson. I believe she's going to the border with Donald Trump tomorrow, and uh, she's always awesome, and she's promised me some good stuff today. So let's give her a buzz, shall we? Hello. Hello, Emerald. How are you today? I'm good. I'm so sorry. I was still on air. That's okay. No problem. Hey, don't you know you're supposed to interrupt your broadcast when I call? <laughs> <laughs> to move in parts today. They're sending me to the border. So. Uh, oh, oh, really? So where are you going to go? You're going to go to El Paso? <laughs> <laughs> I hear that's the place to go. That was a layover. You knew? Did you read that? A National Review said it was actually a layover for a previously planned trip to Oakland to see her family. I thought that was pretty bad, pretty cynical. Oh, I actually did not see that part, but that's great to know. As I go and report over the next couple of days, I'll draw those comparisons. Yeah, National Review, uh, they said that it, it was a pre-planned trip to Oakland, and this was just a layover. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I mean, it doesn't get more cynical than that. Dear God in heaven. So let's start here. Where is Newsmax sending you as far as covering the border? McAllen for oh. Trump's visit tomorrow with Abbott. Unbelievable. You're going to talk to Greg Abbott, the governor. Um, I saw a report this morning that the drug cartels are making $25 million a day. Uh, not only with drugs, but also with human trafficking. This is really out of control. Have you been down there before? Are you nervous about going there? I haven't been there before. It is my first visit. Wow. I, I'm not nervous in that I will largely be with the um, delegation that's going tomorrow with Trump and Abbott. Wow. It's a very structured event. Now, I have been talking to local law enforcement on the ground and other uh, border officials and about the possibility of doing some walk and talk, things like that. It's a limited um, couple days, but, you know, I have been talking to a lot of people who go down there all the time, former Trump immigration officials, people who really worked on the Trump border policy, and they send me, Rob, the most heartbreaking and horrifying pictures. We can't even share them on air. Wow. It is children, dead people. It is horrifying, horrifying, and it's 
it's equally horrifying that it's not appropriately covered because this doesn't have to be this way. If it wasn't incentivized for these people to come, a lot of them would be alive. And a lot of the terrible things that are happening to these children would not be happening. It it is horrific. It it is absolutely insane. And I'll just tell you, um, you know, you always see like these dog adoption videos and everybody gets, but we never see the children adoption videos. We never see the, we need to help these kids, dear God in heaven. We have more compassion for adopting pets uh, and abused animals than we do for children who are being sexually human trafficked at our border. And it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I hope that you will, uh, you know, within the bounds of, you know, uh, of, broadcast uh, tell that story and and I hope you'll check in with me later in the week um, with regard to this visit I think it's going to be gigantic I think it's going to be epic Um, let's talk a little bit about a couple things you made some headlines with uh, uh, Bill Barr what exactly did he do there because all I remember is maybe a little testimony and maybe a couple of interviews that's all I really saw him do as the attorney general he he has this really great Cheshire cat stick and it's pretty good yeah I mean, he could probably market that in Hollywood as a bit player. <laughs> well, he said that uh, the, type. he said that Donald Trump uh, saying that the, the 2020 election, there was uh, election fraud is BS is what he said. Um, and you kind of called him out on it online. Well, look, I had grown very skeptical of Barr early on while so many people were praising him and, and, and President Trump had good things to say about him. I saw no indication behind the scenes that he was actually taking care of any of the bad actors at the DOJ or in federal law enforcement. The DOJ swamp wasn't getting any better under him. He was just trying to sweep what he had done under the rug. And he was making a show of holding people accountable while protecting the institution and all of its bad actors. And that became very clear the more I talked to people. So I was very confused when even some really great journalists who usually are spot on were going on TV nightly seeing their indictments coming. Any day now there's indictments coming, and I I will see one of those people in McAllen, Texas. Um, They got played by bars bars people they were it was real sources feeding them real stuff and showing them real information to mislead them to keep the trump base complacent Barr was a crisis management person who came in and did damage control here's what i came to learn a little closer to the end on his motivations as well is that Barr, like so many who work in political appointees and work in this town is quite the narcissist yeah And he had advisors around him telling him that he could really be something in the GOP. He had a future in politics, and he was getting inflated by a lot of those people around him. I saw that with Nikki Haley as well as as the U.N. ambassador, right? And she sort of started, like, trying to, you know, think she was more than she was because there's a lot, especially the Israeli delegation was telling her, you need to be president. You should be president. And so we saw the same kind of thing with Barr. And so besides just the protection of the institution, he was also getting this inflated ego. Yeah. Then in addition to that, his his little um, spokeswoman, Carrie Kupak, was far more influential than people know. Yeah. I got leaked several internal uh, messages between uh, DOJ officials and emails where they say, oh, well, he'll just do whatever Carrie tells him to do. Wow. And that was mind-boggling. <laughs> You're talking about a man with decades-long career, yeah. a decades, you know, very distinguished career, mm-hmm. listening to, you know, she did 
she's a communications expert, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess. But that was it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think he was, you know, he's really old, so he didn't know that how to tweet, so he just turned everything over to her. <laughs> but he was listening to her on, like, how to handle things. Wow, that is unbelievable. Yeah, he's a, he's a very wealthy swamp dweller. Uh, he really is. Exactly. He, he is the antithesis well, now he's of that. Wealthier. We don't know how much he got for his book deal, but he's one of those uh, growing oh. number of uh, <laughs> Trump administration dissidents who yeah. uh, went against Trump and was rewarded yeah. with a lucrative book deal. That probably won't sell, right? None yeah. of them sell. Yeah. No, they like don't. Cuomo's book. Well, no, they don't. They, what they do, they'll, they'll, get a, they'll get some sort of pack or something to buy a couple hundred thousand copies, and they'll end up in the landfill near Washington, D.C., is what generally happens. Certainly, yeah. it'll, it'll do better than Brian Stelter's book, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so... <laughs> Let's talk a little bit. Uh, I want to. I want to. I want to talk a little hot sake this morning. Uh, Jen Saki, uh, yesterday blamed defunding the police on uh, on the Republicans. Now I liken this planting a uh, police funding uh, plan in an omnibus spending bill is like the, uh, Hamas putting missiles near daycare centers. If you try to blow them up, then they they cry that you know you're you're killing children, or or in this case, you're going to starve people and people aren't going to go back to work. That's kind of what it's all about, really. Uh, what did you think of her comments blaming Republicans for defunding police after a year and a half of Democrat cities doing the same thing? It's what she does so often. Yeah. It's a flat-out lie and projection. Wow. And that's what she does. She, ha- she has about three tactics she, she uses. One is the circle back, which she's, you know, reworded now. It's getting slammed. Yeah. Two is the projection, yeah. which we saw yesterday. Oh, yes. And um, three is the who. I call it the owl. Yeah. Who's saying that? <laughs> who? That's fantastic. <laughs> You've got it. And you know what I can tell? She always up talks when she's lying. Oh, and she does that thing with her face. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She does this little, like, smirk. So yeah. This will make you laugh. I got my I got my um, photog to pull the video of the end of the briefing. Do you know how she suddenly ended it? She's like, okay, well, we're finished, and runs out. Yeah. It Unbe- was a little, like, just abrupt. You know why? <laughs> why? She got to me. Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. That's because I know that she, she actually. put it on Twitter today. She, I just got so busy preparing for my border trip yesterday. Yeah, she scripted. She, I remember she, she uh, skipped out on a presser because she knew you were going to be there. And when, <laughs> that is fantastic. I love that you're on her radar. You are in her head. I love it. She also, of course, defended uh, Gwen Berry, the hammer thrower who uh, threw a temper tantrum instead of a hammer on the podium the other day and made it all about herself, saying they played me. They set me up. Can you believe this? And, of course, Jen Psaki, uh, she defended it. Not surprising. Yeah. She's defended. <laughs> I mean, what, what progressive thing have they not defended? And what surprises me, though, is as a mother. Wow. Is uh, some of the things she defends. Because as a mom, there's certain you might have certain political ideologies, but there's certain things I think that just as a mother, there's a line. Yeah. Like the uh, 15-week-old uh, baby with a heartbeat, is it a human being? And she said, if you're asking That's me about the right. right to choose, I'm like, well, were your kids a choice? I mean, they were kind of a choice. You chose to let them live there, Jen. And I just have to wonder, how does she feel about them? Because I can tell you, I've now, um, I've had two children. Yeah. And I knew, I, I mean, it was pretty early on that I could even tell their personalities. Yeah. And they came out, and they are those people that I think yeah. they were. Yeah. You yeah. know, from the moment I was like, wait, something's up. Yeah. You know, I kind of knew them. They have little things they do even, you know, inside that are indicative of who they're going to be outside. And I just don't understand when you yeah. experience that, 
how you can have that same viewpoint and good on that reporter. She's uh, from CNS. They've just started coming here now that the restrictions have been lifted somewhat. I'm so glad to see them. She was, you know, it was a great question. She's a lovely person, and I don't know if Jen will ever call on her again, though she typically tries to do, you know, equity uh, with calling on people. And that's what she thought she was doing then. She thought she was being equitable, Mm -hmm. and the girl nailed her. Yeah. Well, you've given me a lot to think about when I the next time I watch Jen Psaki talk since you broke it down to her three responses. I can't wait to watch it again. That's fantastic. <laughs> that is really, really fun. Uh, listen, I know you're going to be terribly busy tomorrow, but maybe later in the week. Can you give us an update on how things went at the border? Um, I, I wish you all the best. This is a gigantic story and I know you're going to rock it. Absolutely. I'll be I'll be doing some follow ups on Thursday morning if you want to chat back while I'm sitting yeah. down in McAllen. Sweet, sweet. All right. Have a great day. Safe travels. Emerald, you're always awesome. And uh, take care of yourself. OK, thanks, Rob. You, you too. Bye. There is nobody going to give you that perspective. Nobody else. Nobody else is going to give you that perspective. That was a brilliant, brilliant interview. Um, she's uh, incredible. And we'll get her back on Thursday morning when she uh, is still down there in McAllen uh, talking about the border crisis. And she, this will, this is, she's already very in touch with things that she's seen that most haven't. This is going to be uh, a seminal moment in her life as a reporter, I can tell. And she will tell the truth. <laughs> Here is something very interesting you need to know. Hillary Clinton knew the Wuhan lab was a bioweapon threat in 2009. Did you hear what I just said? WikiLeaks obtained a cable allegedly sent by then Secretary of State Hillary Clinton to embassies of member nations of the Australia group, which at the time was planning to a plenary meeting in Paris in September 2009. The existence of this document was reported on Wednesday by Human Events editor Jack Posobiec. On its website, the Australia Group describes itself as an informal forum of countries which, through the harmonization of export controls, seeks to ensure that exports do not contribute to the development of chemical or biological weapons. Uh, the UK is a part of this, Australia, United States, uh, Japan, Argentina. Okay. The cable can be le- uh, viewed on WikiLeaks. We believe it is important to focus on emerging chemical and biological technology trends in the trade of weapons-related goods and threats. Clinton reportedly issues unique set of talking points to specific member nations. Sobiek reported uh, that in her comments to France, she conveyed a not-so-subtle warning that the Wuhan Institute of Virology, then undergoing construction of its physical facilities, could eventually pose a biological weapons proliferation concern. Why hasn't she said anything in the last year and a half? Why doesn't she want to be on the right side of history? Why doesn't she want to say that uh, we investigated this in 2009? I was in front of that, and I think this may be the case. What's going on? She said, um, we are particularly interested in how China plans to vet incoming foreign researchers from countries of biological weapons proliferation concern. The talking points to Australia also started with the State Department's reported expression of concern over China's biological weapons program. The document read the U.S. believes AG members would be interested in any specific information you could share related to China and North Korea, specifically information related to China's institutes of biological products to include overhead imagery analysis, satellite photos. Uh, A quick read of the cable shows that Clinton was allegedly worried way back in 2009, long before the Wuhan lab was even operational, about the potential for weaponized virus research in the facility. The document, she was well aware of the opportunity for foul play at the biosafety level four laboratory that it could provide. Why hasn't she said anything? 
Why doesn't she want to be on the right side of history? Why does she want to continue to cover this up? Because she's covering it up. She's, she's a part of the cover-up since she's not commenting on it. I swear to God in heaven. I swear to God in heaven. Oh, a little more hot sake. Just a little more hot sake. Here's a Jen Saki talking about uh, Gwen Perry, the, uh, the uh, hammer tosser. You know, the hammer tosser who turned her back and then eventually covered her head with a T-shirt while the national anthem was playing. This weekend, Gwen Berry, who hopes to represent the United States as an Olympian on the hammer throwing uh, events, won a bronze medal at the trials, and then she turned her back on the flag while the anthem played. Does wow. President Biden think that is appropriate behavior for someone who hopes to represent Team USA? Well, uh, Peter, I, I haven't spoken to the president specifically about this, but I know he's incredibly proud to be an American uh, and has great respect oh for the anthem and all that it represents, especially for our, our men and women then why is he trying to wreck the country? Being in uniform all around the world. He would also say, of course, that part of that pride in our country means recognizing there are moments where we are, as a country haven't lived up to our highest ideals. And it means respecting the right of people granted to them in the Constitution to peacefully protest. Uh, no, there's a time and a place. And if you're going to be on a team that represents the United States of America... Uh, then you have to show respect to the United States of America. Otherwise, find another team or find another country. I mean, I'm very serious about that. Here's uh, Eric Bowling, who, by the way, just got a full-time gig at uh, Newsmax. Going to get a full show, going to get a new show. Eric Bowling, very cool. Going to have him on later in the, sh- in the week to talk about it. But he's the newest addition to the cast at, uh, at Newsmax. I'm really, really happy for him because he's a great guy. Trying to think of uh, a name for the show. I thought, let's go bowling. Um, he didn't like that very much. Uh, uh, bowling for news. And, uh, didn't mm, he didn't didn't particularly care for that either. So hasn't been returning my phone calls. I don't know why. Anyway, here is uh, Eric Bowling talking to uh, Representative uh, Jim Jordan about the hammer tosser. Congressman, let's start with you. The, the, this uh, you know what time it is? Hammer time. This Olympic wannabe athlete uh, decides that she does not want to face. Do 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 do. Dude, you can't touch this. The flag and does not want to hear the, the United States national anthem. Yeah. What are your thoughts? And, and some of these pictures are just so disturbing where she's standing there yeah. in disgust with, a, with her shoulders down. And at one point, she's <laughs> holding up an athlete activist T-shirt. Give us, give us a sense of, of, of what you're feeling with this. So the, 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 very, the very country that allows her to set the goal to work hard and actually make an Olympic team, she's now going to, to attack that country and not, not stand and, and respect our American flag. I, I said earlier today, I, was, uh, I remember that line in the movie Miracle where you know, Kurt Russell is playing the part of Herb Brooks, and there's that when they're training, and he says to the teammates, he says, the name on the front is a lot more important than the name on the back. And that's used to be how the country operated, and we took took so much pride in the fact that we live in the greatest nation ever that gives us an opportunity to accomplish amazing things. Uh, I don't think this is going to play well with the American people. I think it's a lot more than 50 percent of the country thinks this is ridiculous and uh, and probably won't be cheering for this lady as much as they will be for other Americans who rightfully respect our flag when they compete in the Olympic Games. Now, by the way, by the way, she came in third place in this competition and in uh, hammer throwing, but she won a gold medal for tantrum throwing. (laughs) Okay, here's uh, Mark Meadows, former Trump chief of staff, talking about it. 
Well, I don't think so. And Eric, uh, Jim is exactly right. You know, it's it's not Team Gwent, it's Team USA. Mm. And one of the things that we have is we get to enjoy the Olympics every four years. This time it was put uh, postponed a year because of COVID. But we get to, to put aside our differences and our politics and cheer for Team USA. And for her to do this, quite frankly, is not only disgusting, but it is really not what uh, the Olympics are all about. You know, when we start to see this, Eric, and, and when you see this kind of, uh, of protest, there are certain... Find another competition or find another country. That's it. Places that you don't protest. You don't protest at a funeral. You don't protest, in my opinion, during the national anthem. You do protest at funerals when you're a Democrat and, you know, somebody like uh, uh, Coretta Scott King or uh, Paul Wellstone, uh, it's their funeral. And you don't protest when you have soldiers coming home. So there's some, some areas that basically should be off limits. I think the podium for this third place finisher should be one of them. Yeah, I do too. Here is uh, Jim Jordan talking about the big Trump rally and how uh, freaking awesome it was. I didn't sure see did. it on Fox, but let's take a look. Tonight, as we sit here and talk, you can't go to your capital to petition your member of Congress to redress your grievances because Nancy Pelosi won't let you in. And freedom of the press, you know... All right, Congressman, give us a sense of the crowd. I mean, I watched it, but for the people who didn't catch it, I mean, just tell us what, what, what was no, the energy it was, like? It was huge. The energy was tremendous. They love this president. They love this president not just because he is doing the things he said he would do, but mostly because they know he's fighting for them. They know he cares about their values, their principles, the values and principles that I think make America the greatest country ever. That's what this is all. That's why they'll wait out in the, out in the heat on a hot Saturday afternoon. That's why they'll do it, because they know the country's at stake. And they totally dismiss this idea that from the left now which is that somehow that America's bad. They totally disagree with it like you and I do, like Mark does. They totally disagree with it. They know America's the greatest country. That's what this is all about. So, and the idea that over the last year, every single freedom we enjoy under the First Amendment has been assaulted, that bothers them too, and that's why they were there supporting President Trump. That's why there were as many as, like they say, like 45,000 people there, and they're only going to get bigger. The chances are the reason why it was only 45,000 people is that was all that was allowed in the venue. Here's Mark Meadows talking about Trump rallies uh, in 2020 versus now. You were there for a lot of those rallies in 2020. Tell us what you thought of this rally. Well, listen, this rally was no less uh, energetic. And quite frankly, I was I was shocked at the number of people. In fact, there were more people in the waiting group to get in uh, to see the rally than has ever shown up at a Joe Biden uh, car rally. I, I can I can tell you. I mean, but but it's not only that you don't see a defund the police, uh, you know, placard up there. You hear chants of USA, USA, and we love our law enforcement and our military men and women. Awesome. What you see are, are great Americans and the energy that, that the president gets to not only have reflected through uh, through his comments, but also you feel it in the crowd. Jim Jim was there. You, you, know, you feel it in the crowd and the energy that's there. You have people that have shown up time and time again that continue to come that perhaps this is their first political rally ever. I had a 78-year-old woman show up who had never voted that came to one of these and said, you know, the reason why I'm doing it is because Donald Trump is just like yeah. me. 
And they're awesome. They're going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. By the way, the FBI has arrested a 69-year-old L.A. woman for entering the U.S. Capitol without lawful authority. Lois Lynn McNichol was there on January the 6th. Problem was the FBI, they, uh, they posted uh, a photo of her and the Capitol Police holding the door open for her to come in. <laughs> Lois Lynn McNichol of San Clemente, the Department of Public uh, Social Services employee, made her initial appearance in Los Angeles federal court following her arrest, released on a $10,000 bond. She's charged with uh, knowingly entering or remaining in any restricted building or grounds without lawful authority and violent entry and disorderly conduct on Capitol grounds. The problem is the FBI slipped up and posted a photo of her walking through a door as Capitol Police held the door open for her. This whole insurrection thing is nonsense. Infiltrated by the FBI and the Democrat party that is what it's all about that's what it's all about so one more thing and i promised you earlier that we have uh, donald trump we have donald trump on the uh, we're going to get him on the phone here um so let's go ahead and uh, i got a number let's give him let's give him a call good morning mr president how are you today I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm good. I know you're probably getting excited about going to the uh, the border. Of course, Kamala Harris apparently uh, uh, tried to beat you to the punch last week. She did. And it's funny when you think about it. When you look at what's happening and when you look at the things that have happened in the last six months, it's really a disgrace. But you have to ask yourself, who's really the president? When I say I'm going to the border, okay, I say I'm going to the border. Then all of a sudden, Kamala, who hasn't been to the border, the last time she's been to the border, she went to the place in South Carolina called South of the Border. A little uh, fun tourist attraction. But we're looking at it. We said we're going to the border. And then Kamala Harris says, we're going to go to the border. But she went to the wrong place, okay, because she has no clue. She went to the wrong place. It's not where the crisis is. She went there, said everything looks fine. Maybe she could ask AOC where she took that big, beautiful picture that went everywhere. The actress, okay, we're talking about AOC. She might be able to point Kamala to the right place on the border to go. It's a disgrace. <laughs> so you had an incredible rally in in a field in Ohio last weekend. That was pretty fun to get back on the stage. Yeah, we had a great time. Uh, we had a beautiful crowd, and a lot of people say, you can't draw big crowds. You couldn't draw a crowd like that into an Ohio cornfield if you were giving away free tractors, okay? <laughs> We drew a huge crowd. It was a fantastic crowd. Lots of people. And they were all wearing their beautiful hats. And when you look at it and you watch what went on, Sleepy Joe, when you think about Sleepy Joe and his rallies, Mm -hmm. he could give a speech in a field. They couldn't find him. It's like Field of Dreams, okay? Except that's a field of nightmares. You're watching (laughs) Sleepy Joe in a field. He disappears. All of a sudden, he's gone like Shoeless Joe Jackson, okay? And he disappears. They can't find him. They find him wandering in fields all the time because he has no idea where he's supposed to be. And then they have to take him right back to the White House. He forgets he has to go back there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, also, the uh, the Arizona recount is is uh, going on. You know, there's a lot of discussion about paper ballots and and uh, and drop boxes and all this stuff. What are you what are your thoughts on that, sir? Well, I think you could make it a lot simpler, okay? You could make it a lot simpler. I used to work in construction. Okay? Yeah. I used to build things. It's what I do, okay? Yeah. And my solution is you take a rock, 
Okay, like AOC, she's as dumb as a rock, you think about it. But you take a rock, <laughs> and for every vote, you take a rock, and you put the rock in a basket for the candidate. Okay, it's kind of like a Chinese auction, except you can't say China, that's racist. So you put your rock in the basket for your candidate, and at the end, you count the rocks. It's very easy. And, of course, when I cast my vote, it's going to be the biggest, most beautiful rock. It's going to be a red rock. It's going to say... MAGA on the red rock. It's a beautiful rock. But it's easy. You just count the rocks. And it's easy because what's going to happen, you're not going to have people dropping all of the rocks in the ballot boxes because the boxes are going to be too heavy that they can't move the boxes over. It's going to be heavier than Rosie O'Donnell, okay? Let me just say. (laughs) And you'll have no problem with absentee. There's no such thing as an absentee boulder, so you're not going to have to worry about the problems that we saw. It's going to be perfect. I kind of worry about, you know, places like Portland and Chicago with, uh, you know, giving people rocks. You know what I mean? Well, they like to throw rocks through windows there. They like to take the rocks and put them places they're not supposed to be. (laughs) Might have to come up with something different there. Um, Finally, I want to talk to you about this uh, Olympic hammer thrower who uh, refused to to acknowledge the uh, the National Anthem, put a T-shirt over her head uh, when she was standing on the medal stand and the National Anthem played. What do you think? Well, I think it's really sad because, first off, you have to stand for the anthem, okay? That's the one thing we always like to do. You have to stand. But like I said, I've been in construction. I used to build things. I never knew throwing a hammer was a sport, okay? And it's getting more ridiculous (laughs) by the day. I never knew throwing a hammer was a sport. So I know a lot of people who have used hammers and wrenches and screwdrivers. You talk about Antifa. They're great with the hammers. They love to throw them. They like to use them except for everything but hammering a nail. They like to use them. But when you look at it, it's a good skill. When you're walking across some of these Democrat cities, you're talking about Seattle. You're talking about Chicago, New York. Because you have all of these criminals, these people. And if you have a hammer, you could defend yourself. (laughs) So perhaps this is a great way for Antifa to get off the streets, okay? For Antifa to get off the streets and maybe play a sport or get involved, okay? Because they have hammers in their backpacks. Maybe they could use them for something good, okay? Maybe they could use them for something good. Instead of knocking out the windows of a Starbucks or something like that, okay? I think that's a great idea, Mr. President. Hey, I know you're very busy. I wish you the very best. Uh, Safe travels on your way to the border, and and I hope we can talk again soon. Thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate it. Hope to talk to you soon. There you go. (laughs) By the way, that was Sean Farish. He's a guy who's a, uh, a New Yorker. He is a Republican, and he does one of the best darned Trump impersonations ever. Wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you say? And he's going to be a part of this show from here on out. He is absolutely brilliant. I hope you enjoyed it, guys. Man, that was fun. <laughs> that was really fun. Uh, guys, I want to thank you for joining me today. It's been a real blessing. If you would, please uh, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson, and leave a five-star review. If you would do that, that would be just gigantic. The show is just growing by leaps and bounds. I need you to share it on social media. This is the only show where you're getting rapid-fire news, rapid-fire commentary, Uh, Clips and comedy, okay? Clips and comedy like you just heard there. Share it with others because America needs to laugh while we're saving it, okay? Thanks for joining me, guys. God bless you. God bless the military. God bless our police. Remember Ashley Babbitt. Her husband, Aaron Babbitt, will be on with me before the end of the week. 
And above all, guys, don't catch the stupid bite. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.